0: by the Holy Spirit. Uh, What you're capable of doing by faith, I should say. The disciples were walking with Jesus. After seeing the day before Jesus curse a fig tree, the disciples said to Jesus, or actually they, they, they saw the fig tree curse the next day. And Jesus said to his disciples almost in an incredulous tone. He said to them, you think that's something. And he goes on to say, if you say to that mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, it will obey you. Now, I know most of us I mean, well, if we're honest, we're not a, we're a long way from that, right? You can be honest. From doing that, I'll say. But I think it's important to remind you of what you can do. And because you're often faced with what you're incapable of doing, At least what you think you're incapable of doing. You're often faced with your inadequacies when things come up short. But today, you're going to walk out of here knowing who you are and what you are capable of when you leave this place. Because at some stage, we have to come to understand uh, uh, that, that we can do what the Word of God says we can do. I need to say that again because I want way more amens than one. I want us, every single one of us in this place, to understand that God gave us his word. God spoke this into existence just like he spoke the world into existence. And his word tells us that what you believe him for, what you speak out of your lips, by faith he makes happen. And so I'm going to take you to a passage of scripture and several scriptures today that speak about God's hand being on us. That's why the message is titled Hands of God. I want you to see this passage of scripture from Genesis chapter 49, verse 24. But his bow remained taut and his arms were strengthened. By the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. By the shepherd, the rock of Israel. And so I begin by talking with you about divine strength. And and if you're taking notes, here's what you want to write down. Say what you should. That encapsulates something, the, uh, the whole point of this message. Say what you should. Not what you would, not what you feel, not what you think, say what you should. Jacob is speaking in that passage of Scripture. And obviously it's recorded by Moses. He's the one that wrote Genesis. And he's recording what Jacob would have said. And Jacob is in his last moments of his life, literally. And after you saw what happened around the front here this morning, Jacob is actually literally doing that. He's called his 12 sons together. He's called all of them together, and he said uh, he's, he's giving them a literal blessing. Now, I know it's, a, a, it's become a lost spiritual act, but I want to reenact it. I want to get us back to the place where we as parents understand the value of us blessing our children spiritually. It's time that you change this in your family. However your father or your mother treated or spoke to you or of you when you were a child, don't let that be said of you with your children. And even if your children are older now and, and you didn't know this because you were ignorant of this rule, if you will, this, this covenant that God has given us that we could do, even if you've missed it to this point, you reverse it now. Flip the script today. Really, turn it around today. And start speaking to your children from a heart of blessing. Bless your children rather than curse your children with your speech that would cause them to want to leave or run or 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 lose hope give them something they can hang on to that expresses the love of God and the care of God for them in their lives proverbs 18:21 says these words death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit Death and life. So, what am I telling you today? Choose life. Choose to use your words to bring life. There's a lot of people that will criticize Pastor Joel Osteen because they call him a spiritual lightweight and he's like a, you know, he's just an encourager and he's like a psychologist that's bearing a pulpit. No, he just happens to be somebody that takes God's word for what it is, to bring life and hope to people, to lift them out of their strongholds, to lift them out of their pains and heartache. People got enough preachers that will drag them down and beat them up. He just happens to be someone that preaches the word of God and understands that God has given hope to our world. He chooses to use his words to bring strength to people that are struggling. And he brings the word of God to do that. You can do that with your own children. All of Jacob's children, by the way, did not receive a good word in this passage. We didn't read the whole passage, but he, he starts with his oldest and his, he works his way down to Joseph, where he, he, he's speaking of right now, and because this, this is Jacob, uh, the first passage that I brought to you uh, already let me just back up to it because you, you need to get it. But his bow remained taut and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel, by the shepherd, capital S. The Rock, capital R, of Israel. That's God putting his hands on Jacob's hands, in this case, Joseph's hands. And Jacob is blessing his son, Joseph. But he didn't give all of them a blessing. It wasn't all sweet because all of his boys weren't great. The only ones who received a good word were the ones who sowed seeds of a good life. I'm going to say that again. The only ones who received a good word were the ones who sowed seeds of a good life. So children, it's not all on your parents to bless you. Write this down. Every one of you that are taking notes, write this down. You should command a blessing by your good actions. Oh, I'll say it again so you can get it because I don't have it for you on the overhead. You should command a blessing by your actions. You're responsible for your actions. Do you know you can move the hand of God? Your actions can establish what actions God takes. If you will exercise your faith and operate according to your faith based on the covenant that God has given us in his word, you can move the hand of God. That strength I need to go on now because I backed up a little bit. Here we go. That strength that God gives to his Josephs is real strength. Say to your neighbor right now, he's talking about you. You're Joseph today. Listen, church, I want you to hear this. When God does something for you, it will be clear he did it. God's actions bear the mark of the supernatural. Now you should be grateful for anything that let's say a doctor can do for you but don't confuse that with the supernatural. I mean you're talking to, you're listening to in this case a a recipient of the hand of a great surgeon who literally repaired my heart. Physically, literally repaired my heart. I had a Uh, mitral valve repair in 2018 in July and and so I had the I had the work of a great surgeon but that wasn't supernatural supernatural would have been I didn't need him to cut my chest open I got a big scar to prove that there was somebody inside my chest God is God. He doesn't need to be propped up by others. He does the propping. I know we're so eager to give God credit. But listen, when God shows up, you'll know God showed up. How how does Joseph, we're talking about Joseph here, receiving a blessing from his father. How does Joseph withstand temptation except that God shows up for Joseph? But Joseph made some right choices. He made some right choices when given the temptation of running off with Potiphar's wife and she wanted him. She offered himself to her. To him. Herself to him. She straight up offered herself to him. And I know in your head, some of you got in your heads that she was some ugly old woman that Potiphar was married to. Listen, rich, fat Wealthy Jewish guys didn't marry ugly old... He was in Egypt, sorry. But they didn't marry ugly old women. They found young virgin women. So it's possible that Mrs. Potiphar was younger than Joseph. And very attractive. And yet Joseph made a choice. He understood that he would remain righteous before God and thus command a blessing on his life. He would not forfeit his blessing to have the temporary fix and satisfaction of a sexual foray. So he commanded a blessing on his life. You can do the same thing by your actions. I want you to note something. When you're hearing that passage of Scripture, the opening passage of Scripture, it says the hand of God was upon Joseph, and his his bow was taut, and his strength was mighty because of the mighty hand of the God of Jacob the rock of Israel. Note that Jacob is speaking from the platform of the experiential power of God. Still with me? He's speaking from something he knows. Jacob knows God's blessing. How do I know that Jacob knows God's blessing? It's not just because he was a child of Abraham. Or you know he was the child of Isaac. But, but I, he, he's connected to the blessing of Abraham. But it's not just that. Do you know that Jacob contended with an angel through the night until he commanded a blessing from that angel? And that angel wasn't an angel. He wasn't an ordinary angel. The Bible speaks of him, the same word as Lord. Because it was the Lord that Jacob was contending with. And he said, Lord, I'm not letting you go. To you, bless me. And so the blessing came with a limp, but it was a limp that Jacob was glad to have the rest of his life because it meant that God's blessing was on him. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, you can't impart something that you do not possess. So Jacob is imparting a blessing to his son Joseph, which, I mean, come on, think for a minute. Y'all remember the story? If not for Joseph's already blessing, Jacob and their whole household is suffering. So here's Jacob blessing Joseph, who he knows God's hand's already on Joseph, and he's walked it out all of his life now you can't impart something that you do not possess. And Jacob has experienced God's awesome power. He understood the power of blessing well enough that he schemed with his mother to rob his brother of it. Now, come on, there's a little more to Jacob's story. And, and I contend that's why he ended up with a limp. He said, you want to contend with the Lord, you, you better know who you're dealing with. And you already schemed and got yourself into something. But it was God's plan that he have that blessing. So because of that blessing and the hand of God on his life, he became a powerful force for God. Jacob, that is. And God ultimately renames him Israel And then the territories of Israel would be named after the sons of Jacob. You see that blessing? So throughout Jacob's life, he experiences God's hand on his life. Now, let's talk about God's familiar hand now. God is represented as putting his hands on Joseph's hands, placing his arms on Joseph's arms and Similar to how we are filled with Holy Spirit, God doesn't take over, but He provides a supernatural assist. How many of you have ever had a supernatural assist? It should become customary, but not something taken for granted that we recognize the divine assist. Psalm ninety-four and ninety-one, verse four reminds us that we are covered with His feathers and find refuge under His wings. That's a place of strength. And assurance write that verse down psalm 91 verse 4 you could you could memorize the whole chapter it'd be good for you psalm 91 that's a good chapter for you to rem- memorize don't stop till you get to verses 15 and you get down to verse 14 and 15 psalm 91 that's some good stuff right there now listen i want you to understand this you'll know it is god when your efforts uh, when with your efforts you achieve more than humanly possible. You'll know it's God. When God brings his divine assist, you will have no doubt. Like that time when uh, we were in Bible college and, and before you could take your finals, they would make you pay up because they didn't want you scooting after you took your finals and they still had a bill that you owed. So I owed $400 before I could call it an end to the semester. And the day before I was to take my final, $400 showed up, cash money in our, our mailbox, in an envelope. $400. Or the time when, a few years later at this point, we, we were looking to purchase a truck, a pickup truck. I had been driving a motorcycle. And how many of you know, uh, motorcycles are great until it rains. And they're great. Love having that motorcycle. I had a Honda 350. It was awesome. They chopped the pipes off so I you could hear me a mile away. Coming. It was not a cute sound. It was just loud. But that's how it was when I bought it. So, But it, We're seeking the Lord, trying to get a new pickup. God knows your heart's desires, church. He's not trying to keep blessings from you. He's trying to show you your way to his blessings. Somebody that's walking in the blessing of God, give God a good shout hallelujah. (laughs) He doesn't, just, he doesn't just meet you at your point of need. He blesses you above and beyond that. I mean, ain't that true, Rich Rivera? He blesses you beyond your point of need. So much so that you can't take a job that's only paying you this much because God's blessed you at another level now. So we're, we're praying, asking the Lord We've we got our eye. I've got my eye on a truck. You, you realize that Pastor Amy's not really looking for a truck. <laughs> I had my eye on a truck. Guy drove it up to our church at that time. I love to tell you the whole story. I can't do that. It's already 1230. Right. Okay. But, but we, I, I love that truck. When The first time I saw this truck, I was like, oh, I am in love right now. And, and then the guy had no desire to sell it. I asked him the first time I saw it. I said, you be interested in selling that? Because I was already thinking of what I'm the story I'm getting to right now. You interested in selling this thing? He said, no, nah, I'm not interested. A couple of weeks passed by. He went to our church. He was a good guy. Love the Lord in our church. I said, you sure you're not interested in selling that truck? I'm sure I am not interested in selling this truck. And about the third time I asked him, I said, you realize that I'm going to pray that truck out from under you? At this point? I was serious, folks. Some of y'all getting a little nervous right now. But I was serious. And we started praying. And it was not a month before that guy looked at me and said, are you still interested in this truck? And so... We had a little bit of money, amazingly, a little bit of money, and and uh, I said to him, "I'm interested in the truck. I just got to put things together." But we were not in a position. I mean, we we're 22 years old, or something. Bible probably, school. we were in Bible school. Between the two of us, there were four jobs, and and so we were f- school full time. Me full time at that point. She wasn't going full time. Anyway we were busy and 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 we we couldn't get another loan it's not like they're going to give you a loan this was a 67 dodge pickup and this was 1982 or 3 so they're not going to give you a loan for a pickup like that and uh, interest rates at that time were horrendous and when i say i'm saying horrendous so you guys are talking about stuff this i'm saying there were The interest rates were 10% higher than they are right now. When we got a mobile home, I think we were were at 17 point something percent interest. It was ridiculous. And anyhow, we're praying and asking the Lord, and that morning that uh, uh, we had gotten to the point where the guy was saying, all right, if you want the truck, you're going to have to Come up with something, you know, and I'll give you the truck. And so, um, Pastor Amy's praying, and we needed eight hundred more dollars to buy the truck. Now, back up a month notch, I had spoken to my boss because I would be using the truck, doing the job that I was doing on Ranch and Grove. I'd be using it there, and and he said he'd do something, he'd help out a little bit. So that morning, Pastor Amy is is praying, and she said, "Lord, we need eight hundred dollars. You need to speak this." fourth $800 we can't so that afternoon i go to my boss and i said well you had said that you would do something and you wanted to help out how much are you willing to help out $800 he said now do you think that's coincidental it was not $750 and it was not $825. It was $800, a number he had not heard from this guy or anyone else. You see, you'll know it is God when your efforts are, you achieve are more than humanly possible. God knew exactly how much we needed. I love that truck. I had that truck when I came to this church the first time in 1986. Hallelujah. And by the way, I did the math. You know how much $800 in 1983 is worth today? It was $2,250. $2,250. So you think about that for money. That's, That's essentially two good weeks wages right here in today's dollars. God did that. Like a father teaching their children to ride a bike, chop wood, or rake the yard, God places his mighty hands on ours to strengthen us. He tells us in his words, he will never leave us or forsake us. Let me get to the third section here. Marvelous condescension. I know that's a big word, but it just means that God Almighty, the Eternal One, uh, the Omnipotent One, stoops down from His throne and He lays His mighty hand on ours. When Emily was probably 10 years old, she was a tiny peanut of a child. Really tiny peanut of a child. And... and uh, our neighbor kids, who happened to attend the church that we were a part of, came over and said, can your kids come out? We want to play. And I said to them, I'm sorry. My kids are going to be raking the yard today. We had about three quarters of an acre of yard at that time with about 50 trees on it. Poplar, black walnut. Man, we had a nice yard. But when fall came... That nice yard was transformed into about four inches of leaves. And my kids were going to be responsible for cleaning it up. And so those kids looked at us and said, or looked at me and said, hey, if we came and helped, could they play afterwards? And I said, well, sure. (laughs) And of course, my kids were giving praises they were dancing and giving praises to the Lord in that moment. That was a Holy Ghost moment for my kids. And they showed up, and I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. In an hour and a half, they had that entire yard rake. Listen, listen. they filled up with leaves an area the size of this platform and about that high. That's how many leaves and how many trees we had. They did it in about an hour and a half. Now, I gave them an assist, but there's nothing like having someone come alongside and giving you a hand with something that's more than you can handle. Consider for a moment that all that is required is that we believe and speak forth in faith. What will it take you to believe? What will it take you to believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What, will you. what will it take you to believe that? God's word. Hear it. I can do all things. Not I can't or I wish I could. I can do all things. Not a few things. All things through Christ. Who strengthens me God puts his mighty hand on my hand on my hands on my feet on my mind on my lungs on my heart God puts his hand on my life and commands a blessing into my life when I speak forth his word in faith you can move mountains with your voice listen to this passage you know it Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Supply all my needs. Wrap your mind around the fact that you serve the same God David did. He messed up a big Philistine. What Philistines stand in your life? Wrap your mind around the fact that you serve the same God that Elijah did. No, I need to back up. What about Moses? Amen. You serve the same God that Moses served. Yes. Parted the waters. And, and y'all remember how miraculous? Let me remind you of how miraculous this is. Have you ever walked in a place that used to have water? It's full of muck and mess. And yet, even the sandals on their feet lasted them 40 years. 40 years. I got a pair of boots that are almost out. I showed them off last week, didn't I? Those boots are going to be 43 years old next year. 40 years old, excuse me, next year. Now, I don't use them like these Israelites did. That's just how miraculous that is, though. Wrap your mind around the fact that you serve the same God Elijah served, calling down fire from heaven. You serve that God. Then there's Elisha that followed him. There are more that are for us than those that be against us. See the mighty army of God surrounding us. Not just those warriors that you're afraid of. You've got to know that the mighty God of heaven, heaven has his hand on you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows how big and bad the giant is in your life, but he'll speak to that giant in one simple breath, one flick of his little finger, and that giant is dead. Wrap your mind around the fact that you serve the same God Peter served who before he was gone from the face of this earth, just his shadow healed people. Talking about being full of the Holy Ghost. And then there's the apostle, the great apostle Paul, raising the dead to life. This strength that you have is a covenant strength. And that's what I want you to catch today. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy. That's a deadly pestilence, isn't it? And cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Sounds like seed sowing to me. Sounds like a covenant promise. He sent them out with these instructions. Heal the sick. He doesn't say pray for the sick. Do you hear that? I'm not making up. These are God's words. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father. I am. Hallelujah. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone. Say it. Anyone. Who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now here's what you want to write down. Those of you who are taking notes, I don't have it on the overhead for you, so you're going to have to write this down. From the beginning, God said that with both plants and creatures, they would produce after their own kind. That's a covenant. That's a contract. God established that people and even plants as well as animals would produce after their own kind. So based on John 14, verse 12, Jesus is clearly saying anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Do you believe? God made a covenant with Abraham that has been passed down through Christ to us. God told Abraham that he would bless him and his seed. And the apostle Paul reminded us that we are now part of that covenant. Look at this from Galatians 3, verse 7. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. I put my faith in God. How about you? That again, that must mean that I'm the real children of Abraham. Can I go a little bit deeper with you today? Just a little bit deeper. I want, I'll get you out of here, God willing, before one o'clock. Are you ready for some of the good stuff? Should you jab your neighbor in the side, tell him, wake up. This is the good stuff. You're taking notes. Write this down. Every action in the kingdom of God is connected to the seed factor. It's a principle you cannot get away from in the entire scriptures. Every action in the kingdom of God is connected to the seed factor. Before you see anything happen that you want to happen, you or somebody before you must sow a seed for that action. Boy, that is good stuff. Every, before you see anything happen that you want to happen, You or somebody before you must sow a seed for that action. In my illustration earlier about us receiving money in our mailbox, uh, etc., my wife and I agreed in prayer. But we were, as we still are, habitual tithers. Let me take this a little further for you. Do you know when we were in that church, the pastor came to us, and when we were often fellowshipping with him, they were good friends of ours, and, and he was eager to see us raised up in ministry, and so uh, I, I did some um, came alongside of him, and Pastor Amy and I, we were involved in various ministries in the church. But in any case, one day in conversation with him, he looked at me and her and said, do you realize that you guys are top-tier tithers in this church? And I crinkled my brow just like that. I said, what are you talking about? I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just proportionally he's talking. I said, you mean proportionally? What are you talking about? He said, no. I knew the people in that church. I knew what jobs they had. And I'm thinking about us going, I'm just working the job I can work. I was happy to get minimum wage and do that twice over. We had both had a couple of jobs. And yet he said this, you're a top-tier tither. At that point, I was only... Trying, I wasn't trying to give more than 10%. I was just trying to give 10%. And that's kind of an indictment on some of the people in that church. But, but I, I'm telling you, we sowed seed so that God would bless. It, it, it then became God's responsibility because God says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Do you guys hear that I was going to Bible college? I could have, I could have, you know how y'all twist some stuff? I could have tried to twist God's hand. I'm in Bible college, Lord. I need to pay this bill. So I could do that. I'm trying to do this for ministry. I'm going to be in ministry for all of my life. I I didn't need to bring my tithes to pay my bill. We never did that with the Lord. And like Joseph, we commanded a blessing on our life because we chose to obey the Word of God rather than take this mind and twist it into making God do something that he's not going to do because it's not in his covenant. Because Malachi doesn't say, bring your tithes to the Bible college. It says, bring your tithes into the storehouse and watch. You can even test me on this, God says. That I will pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. That's right, that's right, that's right. I know that. That was a freebie. Some of y'all can go But see, it came because we had already planted seeds, not only seeds of prayer, but of seeds of giving. Listen to this passage of scripture from uh, Psalms uh, 102. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Look at this one. I love this verse. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. That means you're sowing seeds right now that your children and their children after them, should the Lord tarry, will give glory and blessing to the Lord. Here's more. Tell them the Lord looked down from his heavenly sanctuary. He looked down to earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners to release those condemned to die. Some of you were condemned to die living a lifestyle that was destined to take your life, but God freed you from that prison. Do you know that your salvation is likely connected to someone in your family planting a seed of prayer for you? I know I'm in the kingdom of God because of a praying grandmother. My father before me uh, found salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he didn't just send us to church. He took us to church. It was real for him and consequently I am where I am today because of those prayers going all the way back to my grandmother and my father before me. Your salvation is connected to somebody. If I were able to see into you all of your life, I could point you to the seed that brought you about God's special blessings on you. Let me close this out with covenant strength. You can trust the mighty God of Jacob to come alongside you and place his hands on yours. You can trust him. I stand before you as a wonderful testimony. You can trust the mighty hand of God upon your life. Now this is assuming that you are a full-on follower of Jesus Christ. He doesn't just bless people generically. He doesn't. I know we love songs... He's got the whole world in his hands. Whole wide world in his hands. I know you love those kinds of songs. And and people of the world like to go, but God is love. He doesn't love your sin. And if you're living a lifestyle of sin, you're not going to receive God's blessings in your life. You cannot. It doesn't work that way. Many of you are paid by the hour for work. If you don't go work, you don't get paid. Now, some of you may be unionized and all that kind of stuff and got some good blessings, and you don't actually have to work to get paid. I should move right on, shouldn't I? If you enter into this covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in the covenant and you know it. You know him as your Lord and Savior. And you can bet that you are kept under the shadow of his wing. So what I tell you in closing is follow the covenant trail in the Bible. What does that mean? Wherever you read of the God of Jacob in the Bible, the God of Abraham, you should remember the covenant with Jacob that he gave. You should remember the covenant with Abraham. You should believe it and make it apply to your life by what you say and how you operate. Wherever you read this in the Bible, listen to me, church. I want you to hear this. All the power, all the grace, all the blessings, all the mercies, all the comforts, all the the things we have flow to us through God's covenant with us. Hold him to his covenant. But do the things that command a blessing. I already spoke it today. Jacob had to fight for his blessing from the Lord all night long all night long. This wasn't just, some of you, you, it's all you can do to pray for an hour. It's all you can do to pray for an hour. Jacob literally, physically fought with the Lord for the entire night and would not. He told him straight up, I just ain't letting you go. You can drag me around, whatever, but I ain't letting you go till you bless me. He knew he had gotten a hold of God and he wasn't gonna leave that moment without his blessing willing to contend for your covenant blessings? Charles Haddon Spurgeon writes these words. If there were no covenant, then we should fail indeed, for all grace proceeds from it as light and heat from the sun. Another word everything good you have or get from God flows from the covenant He made with you. Walk, just walk in that. And my God shall support finish this message by asking you today. Now, here's the thing, church. You've heard it. Now you're responsible for application. I can't bless you any more than just saying words from my mouth. But you can a blessing on your own life by what you have come out of your mouth and actions that you take beyond that. So what's that mean? That means that you're really following the Lord with the whole of your life. So give Him every day. Not just Sundays. Give Him every day. When you arise, before you trail off to work or your kids trail off to school, Arise a few minutes earlier and say, Lord, I commit my day to you. You have established that if I walk in covenant with you, you have told me that you will both protect me, you will provide for me, you will provide for my household, you will give me your blessings. And I thank you, Lord, that the blessings that I see in your word covenanted to me they are mine I receive your covenant blessings now listen you'll not remember to say it just like I said it right there but it does, you don't have to get down to the technical details you don't have to describe to God every little pain and heartache that you struggle with you just have to talk to the Lord like you understand that by faith who and what you have received because you're his is attainable to you because you're His. Start speaking that. Start sowing that to them. It's why we gave you an opportunity uh, beyond giving to the church to, to sow into Emily and Nick's life. You can sow a seed and all of the souls that come into the kingdom of God, you're connected to them because of their ministry. Every person that's prayed over and healed you're connected to it because you make it possible for Him to go out there and do that. You're connected to that. It's a covenant blessing. And why wouldn't the same God do the same thing for you when you have a need? When you're committed to giving and caring like that. So pray. Get into God's Word till you understand the covenant that He's made with you. You've got to know His Word before you can call His attention to it. to this open how many of you would say to today and you don't know have to close your eyes this isn't a close your eyes kind of moment because if you're embarrassed about this you you really need God but you'll admit honestly before God and others I need to grow in understanding your covenant to me and I need to use my mouth to speak forth that covenant.